Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Rooted with Yams. Happy, happy, happy new year. Bon ane. Feliz año nuevo y todo eso. Benvenidos a mi podcast. Um, thank you guys for coming back. Whether you're listening in 2020 or 2019, I welcome you. I welcome all. And I believe that no matter when you listen to this episode, it will still serve its purpose. It will still be um, a little insightful and do what it is here to do. Do you feel me? And I'm going to be talking about reflection in this week's episode, but I'm going to take a little alternative route when I discuss it because I feel like there are plenty, plenty of your friends, influencers, people we look up to, social media people who are sharing um, great ways to reflect this year, reflect over this decade. A lot of people have shared really good like vision statements, um, reflection statements that have helped me a lot to guide my reflection during this season. But to be honest, it has been really difficult to just sit down during the holidays and truly reflect. You know, a lot of times, Um, we can like stunt on social media, like we've been real insightful and stuff. But for me, it's been really difficult to, to be still this holiday season. So I had to ask myself, why do I do it? I think I am a pretty reflective person in general, and I have my reasons why. And that motivates me to be reflective every night, um, or every week, once a month, whatever, depending on the season. But I'm motivated by my why. So in this rooted conversation, I'll share with you my personal whys. And if you're like me or you can relate, hopefully they help you get into the spirit of being reflective. If you can't really relate to my own personal whys, I just challenge you to think of your own personal whys. Why do you think it's important for you to be reflective? And if you are a reflective person, Um, share with us. Tell us why you're reflective. What have you been through that has um, really motivated you to remain reflective in all seasons of life, not just the holiday season. But anyways, I've said enough. So um, be on the lookout for little references I leave throughout the episode, references that have helped me this season. Of course, I'll leave everything in the episode notes, any links, any books, any videos, you know, all all that, I'll leave it in the episode notes. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but yeah, without further ado, Happy New Year, everybody. This is a really important transition period, and I hope everyone had a wonderful 2019. If not, you're still alive, you're still breathing, the best is yet to come. 2020 is here. Okay, so here are my top three motivators to being reflective. Um, I only picked three. I think these are probably the three most important to me, the three that are really uh, prevalent in my life that I can really see all around me. I'm always trying to be intentional in these three areas of my life. So um, yeah, that's how I (laughs) got this list of three. They, like I said in the intro, it's very specific to me. Some people might have different reasons, but the point is just to find what motivates you when you don't want to sit down, when you don't want to be still, when you don't want to pull out your journal, when you don't want to meditate. Um, what are the things that will be like, hey, 
let's go, let's do this. Um, this is good for you. What are the things that reminds you that this is good for you and you need to make a habit of this in your life? So for me, if y'all hear me just like my voice going in and out, I'm really trying not to sound sick. Please let me know how I'm doing. I have hot water here that I'm going to be taking sips of occasionally. Um, but yeah, I really wanted to get this episode out for you guys before 2020 comes because we have a lot of new things in store for 2020. So I just wanted to cover to cover all this up, tie 2019 in a boat. Anyways, here are my top three, starting with drum roll, please. Number three, my motivator in being reflective is my cultural competence. Um, many of you guys may know, um, or might know, I don't know, I don't know who's listening, but if y'all know me, you know that I have, I guess, a kind of unique uh, upbringing, cultural background, whatever you want to call it, and it has caused me in different seasons of my life to go through, I guess, little mini identity crisis or just cause me a lot of grief or embarrassment in different stages of my life. And I'm so glad to say that over this decade, actually, I have conquered that with God's help and good people around me, true, authentic, genuine people around me. I think I've uh, conquered that and I'm pretty confident in who I am and every every piece about me that makes me unique and I've I love myself y'all it's real cute or whatever but cultural competence is something that really motivates me because me a Cameroonian woman who wasn't born in Cameroon never been to Cameroon and never really lived around Cameroonians other than my immediate family um it would it used to be like a struggle being around all of my cousins who have been to Cameroon, have were born there, who did schooling there. I just really felt like, ugh. I was always like the black sheep, I guess, like the not African enough. And then um, I lived in Dallas briefly, but for the past 15 years, my home is the Rio Grande Valley, as most of you guys know, which was another like identity crisis <laughs> that started like when I was eight years old when I moved here. Um I don't want to make this really long. I'm really, really trying. Um, but it's just been hard. Like, I've been surrounded by so many different cultures that have shaped me and I'm grateful for. But I've noticed that since there is so much um, experiences and cultures that have raised me and that have created my identity, it's been really important and inspiring for me to reflect back on which parts of my identity, which part of my culture um, causes me to be this way or which part of my culture is offended by X, Y, and Z or which part of who I am um, is celebrated in this in this space and which part of who I am is not celebrated in this space, you know? So it's been a really, really cool journey just to see um, the breakdown of who I am because there's some things that, are 100% authentically me, but another black person cannot relate with. There are things that are 100% authentically me that another Cameroonian might not understand. There are things that are 100% authentically me that is so much more similar to a Mexican culture than it is to 
how I physically present myself. Um, same in my in my household with my immediate family. So it's really been cool for me to reflect on um, different parts of me, my culture that has created me and shapes me to think certain ways. So I just like to be reflective and really analyze which lens I am seeing certain situations. And I feel like that that motivates me to just dig into it and get to know myself a little bit better. And on the flip side of that, I believe that in doing so, I've become more understanding that people are dynamic. Um, what you see isn't what always what you get. There are layers to everybody. So I feel like being reflective on my own culture has allowed me to be more culturally sensitive to other people's culture. So that's my third very long-winded point. I need to take it easy because I have zero energy. I'm out of breath. Uh, let me get some water. Okay, so on to number two, my second greatest motivator to why I choose to be reflective and live a reflective life is for, oh, for my dear, dear relationships. Lord Jesus, help me. This is a huge one. Like I, when I was younger, believe it or not, I was e extremely quiet and shy. When I moved to the Valley, it was just like worse and just so insecure. And I didn't really like make an effort to make friends. And then when I did try to make an effort to make friends, I did it with all intentions of them not being my real friends or friends for the long run. So I tend to be like a pretty, like I'm friendly, but I could be a really poopy person in relationships. Um, yeah, like I know that about me. This decade has really revealed that about me. This year, good Jesus, has really, really revealed that about me. Um, so for the sake of my relationships, before I have zero friends, before I turn into a terrible wife, a terrible mother, a terrible professional, like it, I have to be reflective and I have to change some of my bad habits and I have to be intentional in the things I say, the way I treat people, um, in understanding like my love language, other people's love languages, just so I can be functional in relationships. So this is a huge motivator for me. I know, um, if you guys have listened to some episodes in the past, uh, a lot of like my distance or the way I am in relationships, it could be attributed to the fact that I am Aquarius and, you know, that might have some things to do with it, but I know y'all like I can be really bad. Not like an, I hate you kind of like I'm going to intentionally do evil against you, but I just know, I know it. My friends know it. My close ones, at least, um, y'all know, if y'all know me, know me or have had challenging times with me, you know that I could be very poopy in relationships in my own passive ways. So something that motivates me to be reflective is when I encounter um, when I encounter difficulties in my relationships, that will really drive me to reflect on how I contributed, um, why that is affecting me, why am I being so distant, or why am I just, I just, this podcast is all about being the woman of our dreams right now in the present. 
And that is really like my life motivation, one of my greatest motivations. So I want to be very functional, high functional in relationships. I want to have healthy relationships with my friends. I want to have long-term, long-lasting relationships um, that are two-way and like just thriving, healthy, authentic, deep, not superficial. And that really leads me to reflect and really um, motivates me to be better. I know better, so now I got to do better. Do you feel me? Like when I was younger, like I didn't know better, but now I really know better and I've understood sociology a little bit more, psychology, the dynamics of different relationships. I've categorized a lot of my relationships from familial, um, intimate, I guess. Can you say intimate? I don't know, but like (laughs) platonic. In those different categories, I've seen like how I function in those different areas very differently. So I get excited to reflect on on ways I can better myself and ways I can really enhance those areas of my life. So that the woman I want to be, which is successful in all relationships, I can just cultivate that now through reflection and intent. And last but definitely not least, my number one um, motivator to bring me to my knees or to bring me to a yoga mat to bring me most most often to my journal is my purpose. I am in the past decade, I keep saying that, but in the past decade I realized I'm really purpose driven and I've I believe that God speaks to me um in form of my purpose. Uh that's like his best way I guess to capture my attention is uh, big picture rather than small picture. Abigail and I, I talk about this a lot. I forget which sermon we heard this in. It was probably from Michael Todd, but someone said that God will like either reveal himself to you or speak to you through the 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 steps, like the path, like what's next, what's next, or he'll reveal like a bigger picture to you. So I'm definitely the person that like I see more of the big picture and. I'm a mess when it comes to the little details or the path. Like I just have to submit all that to God. Um, But my purpose really, really motivates me to be reflective. Like since I am pretty confident and excited about my future and for the big dreams and ambitions and desires I have, I'm constantly trying to reflect to make sure that when I am that woman, or when I am in certain areas and certain spaces, I am fully equipped. I um, am fully in tune with who I am, with my triggers, my uh, pains, my joys, everything. So in order for me to function in my purpose, I have to be really confident about who I am and how the environment affects me. So that's one thing I I know (laughs) will cause me to reflect immediately. Like immediately, if someone is like really pissing me off, like I'm quick to ask myself, okay, is this something that I should continue to get pissed off about? Like, is it part of my purpose? Like, is it written for my future or for 
the the woman I want to be? Is this a thing that truly needs to bother me? Is this a thing that goes completely against my purpose or not? If there are certain things that go completely against who I am and who I believe God has called me to be, so I'll 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 be insulted by those things. You feel me? But then there are other things that they're just petty or like they really don't have that much impact on who I want to be or what God has called me to be. So I just brush those things off, you know? But in order to do that, I have to be reflective. I have to write it out. I usually have full length conversation between me and me in my journal and just really try to, uh, you know, take apart the pieces of a conversation, a situation, an environment, whatever, and just see how this will affect me in the long run and if if it adds to my purpose or to my testimony. So those are my top three reasons why I reflect. And I hope that during this time that you're with your families, you're with your loved ones, you reflect on your why. Why, why do you need to be a better person? Who do you need to be a better person for? Why do you need to become the woman of your dreams right now in the present? Why do you need to do all this? Why is that important to you? How can that change your life for the good by being reflective? So that's what I wanted to talk about in this rooted conversation. I'm trying to get through it because your girl, let me tell you, she is more nasally and more stuffy than ever before, okay? Okay, so let's jump right in to our reflection point. Hey, reflection point after a whole rooted conversation about reflection. That's cute, okay? Okay, so for our reflection point, I have a podcast that I'm going to refer everybody listening to. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're a male, female, non-assigned, whatever. Like Everyone, please listen to this episode of uh, Therapy for Black Girls with Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford. She had an episode titled 20 Questions for 2020. And if you're anything like me, and I believe like many of us, it's hard, like I said in the beginning, to be reflective and to just sit down and do it and reflect over your decade, reflect over your year and set goals for the future and for the new year to come. It's hard. Some of us think it's pointless, but I really do believe that those who think it's pointless, it's just because they're uncomfortable doing it. Because once you really tap into it and you really force yourself, get in tune with yourself, set the mood, set the atmosphere, whatever you need, once you're there, girl, it will do something for you. It is a spiritual experience, let me tell you. But anyways, for those of us who it is challenging for, please check out that episode. I'll definitely leave the link in the episode notes to that podcast and uh, to that specific episode. It pretty much asks 20 questions that we should ask ourselves. Simple. So what I did, I took my notebook and my paper Wait, (laughs) do you hear me? I took my notebook and my pen and I sat down and listened to that episode slowly. I paused it a lot. It's probably like a 25 minute episode. It took me like 
almost two hours to get through it. I paused it a lot. I wrote my thoughts. I wrote my own answers to the questions, which is the whole purpose of the episode. Um, And it really took me there. Like I did not realize hours had gone by and I felt like every aspect of my life uh, I was able to incorporate with these 20 questions. I was able to address things that were already on my mind that I needed to reflect on. And I was able to like realize, oh my gosh, like I've never reflected on in this area of my life. Like I never even thought about, thought about that. So it was beautiful. It was a beautiful experience to do that. And I challenge you all to do so. Um, so that is this week's reflection point slash shout out slash, can I talk slash recommendation slash reference. Um, definitely check that out. There are also, um, there's just so many, like if you see or go through your library of podcasts, your, your more stimulating podcasts and see like what their episodes were in the holiday season and the new year season. And they probably have a lot of great suggestions for you. I know the friend zone wrap up they um, Fran talked about a lot of good things that I took time to reflect on. Um, getting grown this holiday season, they had like a two part series that have, uh, caused me to like take pause while I listen. So, um, and of course like those end of year sermons, they're always, always amazing. Like if you don't bring a journal to church, what is you doing? What is you doing boy? But anyways, that is our reflection point, uh, for today. I'm not going to give any hints to what the questions are. I'm just challenging you guys challenging you guys to listen to that episode of Therapy for Black Girls podcast and take time, whether it is still 2019 or you're already in 2020, there's no time like the present. Please take time today or this week to reflect over your past year, over your past decade, as far back as you need to reflect to set new goals and new expectations and new purpose for 2020 and the decade to come. Y'all already know this is my favorite segment of the podcast, Our Gang Shine. Ooh, I'm so excited for this particular beautiful boss babe, this beautiful woman that I'll be shouting out today. Her name is Veronica Phillips. She um, she and I went to AM together and she is an incredibly inspiring, motivating, just beautiful, stunning, encouraging, empowering young woman. And since like we were together at AM, I've I've just been really inspired by her journey. Um, she did a beauty pageant at our school, and like that was the first time like she really captivated me, I guess you can say. And I could really tell that this girl has a heart for women a heart for purpose and for empowerment. And lo and behold, she has started this incredible, incredible platform called Becoming Her. Many of you guys should be following it. If you're not, don't make me come and slap you silly, okay? Follow Becoming Her. I follow this um, platform on Instagram at I am becoming her. And of course, y'all already know, I'm going to leave the description where... In the episode notes, that's right, that's right. But I'm going to just read to you briefly um, what 
Becoming Her is, what's it about, and tell you why I think this is an incredible, incredible highlight as we wrap up 2019 and as we go into 2020. Becoming Her is a platform where women reflect on life experiences that help shape us into the strong, phenomenal, boss babes we are today. Becoming Her is known for her talks, which are talks that create a loving, empowering, safe haven for relaxation and freedom of expression. While being involved with the Becoming Her movement, you are networking with numerous girl bosses from all over Houston, Texas. Becoming Her is so excited for this movement and looking forward to you becoming a part of the movement. So just by that brief um, bio, which is, you can see it in their very first post at I Am Becoming Her on Instagram, you already know what she's about. And when I tell you when she started this thing last summer, I believe, or two summers ago, it has flourished. She has hosted so many um, so many talks and so many events, and she has really brought a lot of beautiful, inspiring women together and helped empower a diverse and uh, oftentimes isolated community. So I really like how she has shed light on women, particularly black women, and just the way she has empowered young girls, young women, and all women who follow her on social media, she has really empowered us and it's empowered me and inspired me in so many ways that I don't even think I have the words to express. So I'm really proud of you, Veronica. Um, keep on doing this. I'm so excited for what 2020 has in store. I'm looking forward to, you know, hopefully being in Houston someday, one day, I don't know, <laughs> for an event. You guys, stay tuned. Follow her. Stay tuned. She is on the move. She is doing big, big things, and you don't want to miss. If you need a community this new year, I really encourage you, find a community. Reach out to Becoming Her. Just find a network of women who can encourage you and uplift you and really uh, catalyze your growth, catalyze your journey, and just add so much life into your already beautiful purpose. And that is exactly what Becoming Her is doing. So follow her, find your community, find your group of boss babes, and just do the damn thing, okay? Okay, so I know typically this is where we would do the little outro, but I have to add a Bonus, 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 bonus segment. Drum roll, please. I have to, have to add a bonus segment. Hold up. Say what? To the last episode of the decade. And you know what? I know we've been a little, a little deep, a little reflective, a little stimulating um, in these past three segments. But for this one right here, it's going to be a little bit more lighthearted. I'm going to turn the temperature down just a notch. But it's still a very serious matter. Don't get it twisted, okay? So I have three things that I just do not want us to bring into 2020. I'm going to try to make it brief, but no promises. Y'all already know how I do. Um, but these could have been full episodes, but I decided I'm just going to throw it in here. Number one, because you know I'm your favorite inconsistent podcast. And number two, because they don't deserve that much attention. You guys should know better. Uh, but please, these are three things we do not 
under any circumstance need to bring into the new decade. Number one. Nigga, 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 damn. We need to stop answering the question. Why non-black people cannot say the word nigga? N-I-G-G-A, N-I-G-G-E-R, N-I-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-G-
okay? And I don't, I don't use those terms, so you, therefore, have no excuse, madame or sir, okay? Secondly, if I need to make another example, the term is not that impossible to not say. People love to say, like, it's in all my favorite songs. Oh, my gosh. Like, how can I not sing my whole song? That's my jam. Da, da, da. Like, I love Kendrick. No. Sis, let me tell you, there are seasons in my life where I really, really refrain from cussing, like, with all my might. Abigail um, told me this example. I was like, girl, yes. Duh. Perfect example. There's so many seasons where I'm like, yo, like, I have a potty mouth. I need to relax. And when I hear my favorites... When I hear my faves on the radio, Megan the Stallion, whoever it might be, you know what I do when I'm singing? At the top of my very oxygen-filled lung, do you know what I do? I pause at the curse words. Can I get an amen? Is it difficult? Sure, sometimes, once in a while, when I'm not being very intentional. Yes, it can be difficult. But when I've committed to being a better person by cleaning up my potty mouth, it's so easy. Like, it is so mother easy. Y'all see what I did there? Y'all see what I did there? Listen, you want to try it? No, we're not going to try it again. I hope you get the point. In addition, you can substitute the word. You can substitute the word. He say you hungry, this kitchen, the kitchen. Huh? Easy. Substitution. Simple, simple skill. We talk about it in organic chemistry when we talk about substitution reactions. Um, it's just simple. That's, that's all I'm trying to say. So those are the two most common excuses to why people have said, well, people that I have ears to have said they cannot eliminate the word from their vocabulary. And those are just two simple examples why I just I beg of you, don't bring this disgusting habit, this disgusting behavior, this disgusting character trait into the new decade. It is a flaw of your character. I'm telling you that. I'm so sorry if that hurts. I'm so sorry. But it is a flaw in your character. And me personally, like I said, I didn't grow up around black people. I didn't grow up around Africans, really. Like, I, I do not know why? I, I've even said the word. I really have no business. No business saying the word. And I try my darndest not to say it. I said it a lot in this bonus segment for, you know, example for you guys. But I really don't say the word that much. So why you, of no drop of melanin, do you feel so entitled to say it? Okay, I'm out of breath. That's the first thing we need to not bring into 2020 at all under no, no circumstance. The next thing is victim analysis. I don't know if there's an official term, but I'm calling it victim analysis, and that is exactly what it sounds like. When we see a story because of the blessing of social media, um, easy and quick access of the internet, we see a story, we see a, a, a uh, what's it called? headline, we see a report, whatever. And some people are still, I don't even know the word, some people are just still foolish enough to practice victim blaming and victim analysis. People will see a short story, a short clip, and start asking questions. Like they are certified investigators. Like they really know what they're doing. Like they really got a degree in some kind of FBI science. Y'all need to quit playing. If you see a headline, we have really lost sensitivity as a culture. We have lost it. And it's not our fault. It is really not our fault. 
the quick and easy access to some of these terrible, heinous crimes and stories, it's really more of a blessing than a curse. But the downside of it is that we're so insensitive and we feel like just because we have access to snippets that we have, you know, some kind of access to a full story. That's not the case. And even if we do have access to every detail of a story, we don't know the context. We don't know that family. We don't know that person's life. We don't know anything. So I beg of us, me included, like when we see our stories, let's take a moment, let our hearts break, let our hearts mourn for people who are missing, girls who are missing without pimp, without even a tear shed, people who are being bombed in their countries, people who are being robbed, people who are just being kidnapped, raped, abused, violated, degraded, all of these things. And we have completely lost a sense of sensitivity and awareness to the pain that that inflicts. We've lost it. So we'll be quick to say, I mean, why was she out walking so late? I mean, where is her parents? Like, I mean, if I had a kid, that would never happen. Or why don't they just move? What's wrong with the policy? I mean, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? Like, why do we do all this victim analysis? We don't know anything until you have a certificate, an investigatory, investigatory, investigative, investigative sciences of heinous crimes that happen in this country and all over the world. I need you to shh. Silence your tongue. Just reduce, reduce, minimize the volume on the victim analysis. Let's stop that in 2020. And the last thing, more lighthearted because dear Lord, (laughs) the last thing I think we should not bring into 2020, this is a message to myself, um, is texting and driving. I think we forgot about, or I forgot about the time when this was a huge, ginormous campaign Um, we were always bombarded with the statistics of lives lost and all this, that, and the other when it comes to texting and driving. And now I do it like all the time, all the time. And I've really become sensitive to it now because I'm participating in, um, Daisy's like driving hours or whatever. And I tell her, turn off your phone. I'm not letting you drive unless you turn off your phone. And then me, I'll drive her somewhere and I'm like, you know, checking my feed. I'm just texting away. Like, it's just so embarrassing. And I've seen there's been times like I have to slam on my brakes. There's times like I'm in near death experiences because of my lack of discipline. It's ridiculous. There are so many things, so many reasons to die, reasons to be injured, reasons to be hospitalized that we have zero control over. So when it comes to things that we can control, we can really, really practice discipline and uh, self-control in. I beg of us, I beg of me, this decade, as we enter this decade, let's not be negligent. Let's not be um, careless with the beautiful life that God has blessed us with. Let the things that we have no control over kill us. Please, I beg of, like, please let the things that are just unforeseen, nature-driven, whatever, let those things come and kill me. Oh, it won't be my own fingers. They will not come and kill me. If you're texting right now, as you drive and listen to this podcast, I beg of you, put the phone down. You're almost at your destination. If you're not, um, 
just continue listening to the podcast. I hope you have something on cue to play next because this is almost over, okay? Um, That's all. I really want you guys to hold me accountable, hold your friends accountable to uh, these three things that I've listed. I feel like they're very important. And if you catch me doing some of these things or endorsing some of these things, please tell me. I drive a lot. I drive a lot through this big old state of Texas. And a lot of times I'm texting you guys as I'm doing it. So if you know I'm traveling and you text me or whatever, and I respond, just give me a big slap through the phone. I'm holding myself accountable not to do it, but we got a long decade ahead of us. And if you catch me slipping, don't forget this. All right. (coughs) Ooh, I've been holding that one in, boy. Um, I guess that's it. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for joining me for the last episode of 2019. The last rooted conversation, the last reflection point, the last guy shine, and the last bonus episode of 2019. Thank you guys. I'll see you guys next year in the new decade. 2020. Bring it on, baby. You guys already know what to do. Share this episode. Like, um, share your thoughts, comments, um, subscribe if you haven't subscribed. If someone shared this with you, add it to your to your whatever your library of podcasts that you're gonna be listening listening to in 2020. I really appreciate all the support that you guys have shown me over the year, over the years. Dang, we've been in this thing for a minute. And I just love y'all so much. I really, really do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless y'all. Happy New Year. Bye-bye.